Welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast, where it's all about making the ultimate leap from your nine to five and building a business and life you love, all while doing it your way. I'm your host, Amanda Boleyn. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. I am your host, Amanda Boleyn, and today I am joined with Emily Mills, who is an illustrator and designer. She's a business owner and an author, and I'm so excited to bring her on to this episode today to talk to us about her journey and how she started her business as a side hustle and then decided to make her ultimate leap, leaving her corporate job in the rearview mirror and building out her entire business as to what it is today. So without further ado, I'll have Emily take it away and tell us in your own words, what is it that you do? And then share with us your journey of when you started to get the itch and started your side hustle to then making your ultimate leap. My name is Emily Mills. I'm an illustrator. That's the big umbrella term that I use for all the different things that I do. I have a business with my husband. Uh, We do illustration, we do animation, we do like whiteboard explainer videos. And then I also do live event illustration. So I'll go to an event and live draw during conferences or summits, either in the room or remotely. And then my other business is called Sketchnote Academy. And I am an online coach and teacher. And I teach people how to do this thing called sketchnoting. It's basically drawing and writing notes at the same time. And it just helps with memory retention. It's creative, it's fun, and people love looking at it. I mean, so many questions around like, okay, how did you even get into this? How did you find your clients for the business that you and your husband run? And then how you started your Sketchnote Academy. So kind of take us back to what you were, what were you doing before you decided to start your side hustle? And what was the side hustle that you started? So when I first started out getting the itch, as you say, I was working at a church at the time as a graphic designer that had been my second job out of college. And so I was starting to get disillusioned and I was already like 23, 24 years old. And it was already on my second job. And I was like, am I going to have to change jobs every couple of years when I'm not happy? And I had already moved out of state because it was the recession. And it's like, if you want a job, you got to make it happen. So I moved states for this job and I was already like, not happy with it. So I started getting the itch because I joined a Facebook group of an author who has books about starting your own businesses and believing in yourself, like kind of the general self-help vibe. Mm -hmm. And I originally joined his Facebook group because my goal was to pay off debt. And so it started with, okay, my goal is going to be to pay off debt. And the the way I did that was with freelancing. So Mm on a church salary, you don't make that much. And so I freelanced for graphic design on the side, started making money, paid off my car, paid off all my credit cards. And then I was like, well, I mean, I can keep doing this. I just got like $9,000 paid off. I might as well just keep going and see what happens. So that's kind of how it started. Eventually I moved to Nashville for a different job. And again, was disillusioned with just how the corporate world is. And I knew that it wasn't a great fit for me and my personality and my goals and my values. And so I was actually kind of double dipping. I would work my day job. We had flex time. So I would work seven to three, no lunch break, no nothing, which may or may not be illegal. I don't know, but they didn't (laughs) say anything. (laughs) And then I would leave the office at like three 30 and then go to a co-working space and work on my freelance until like seven, eight, 9 PM. Cause I was new to the city. I didn't really know anybody. And my only way of understanding of how to meet people was go to the co-working space and hang out with those people. So that was just kind of me growing my own little side hustle. And eventually it got to the point where I was actually taking vacation from 
my day job to go do other client work, like these live event illustrations. And so it got to the point where I'm like, I am almost out of vacation. I'm going to have to make a decision here pretty quickly because I'm burning the candle at both ends. And so I don't think anyone's ever ready to make the leap. I am a believer. And so part of my prayer journey was, okay, God, I want to do this really scary thing and make my own business, but I'm not ready. But if you force me out of my job, I'll do it. And then three days later, this crappy situation happened at work. I was forced out and I just kind of took that as my sign to go take the leap. And so that's kind of how it happened. It's a longer, more complicated story, but that's the short of it. And as soon as I took the leap full time, I got my highest ever paying client gig. It was a book illustration project, which was like goals for illustrators. Like to get to illustrate a book is like really important or aspirational for a lot of illustrators. And here I am. It's like, I've never even done this full time and I'm getting this dream project to this really high paying. And then it just snowballed from there, getting more opportunities because I had the freedom and flexibility to meet people at any time instead of after 3 PM or 5 PM. I just found that it really freelancing really meshed with my personality of just kind of following what falls into your lap. I can make plans all day long. In fact, I love planning. I love having schemes and five-year plans. At least I used to. And then it just got to the point where I was like, actually, if I just like follow the things that fall into my lap and the blessings that are coming to me and the open doors, I feel Mm. like I have a lot more success living in the moment. And so I've kind of shifted my perspective from plan everything to death and follow the plan. And then everything will work out perfectly. And you don't have to do risky things and you don't have to be scared Mm -hmm. to I'm just going to do it. It's going to be scary, but everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that so interesting too, because similar to your journey, I I love planning and I love operations and systems and things like that. And a big part a few years ago, I would want to plan everything down to a T and say, this is exactly what I'm doing. And then found out that I had more success, not having to have everything planned down to a T where it's following what kind of comes into what comes into your lap and then taking action from there and leaving that white space. It sounds right when we say it, it's easier, but I I can hear on, if I, if I were to listen to this podcast, I'd be like, okay, Emily and Amanda, that sounds easy in theory, but what tactfully did you have to do for yourself as you began to make that transition from being the person that needed to have everything planned out and to pivoting into someone who was comfortable with some things planned, but not all things planned. I think the first thing I had to do was like get my life in order. So paying off debt was one step of that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can't really do a lot of things if you're held back financially. And so getting my financial slate cleaned was, it just opened up a lot of doors and set me up for really good habits moving forward in business. And then as far as like other personality things, I think it was a lot of prayer. It was a lot of therapy. It was a lot of failing and just trying things and just learning and adapting and changing over time. I wish there was like a shortcut or a hot tip or trick, but it's really just, I had to do the thing and then learn from my experiences. Yeah, that is so true. It's so important to not get caught up in thinking that our path is linear. Uh, I was just listening to a podcast this morning by my friend, Natalie Bacon on, she has a membership and they have a private podcast and she talks about this body continuum where if you weigh a certain amount and then you gain weight or you lose weight, most people think that it's a linear, like, oh, I'm up and I'm down versus oh, this yeah. is just how it is. And it's a continuum. Right. And I think sometimes we can get so caught up in expecting 
it, that if our income goes up one year and then it dips the next year and it goes up, we look at it as linear and not as a continuum, which can really stall us out or stall us up. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many variables that you could think about. It's like, it's not just financial, it's personal, it's business. Like there's so many different facets to a human. You might be up in one area and down in another, but if you take like an overall look of yourself, you're still ahead of where you used to be. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. So you're doing freelancing, which I love freelance work. I think it's amazing. When did you decide to go freelance and then to add on the Sketch Academy piece of it? And how did you decide what that business was going to be itself? So the year I went for freelance full-time was 2016. And the first workshop I taught in person for sketchnoting was 2017. So I'd been building the skill of sketchnoting since 2015. That's when I first discovered it. And I was posting very regularly online and kind of building a following. And then it kind of got to a point where people were like, can you teach me how to do this? And I was like, I mean, I could. And so that's how I started teaching the workshops. And then when I started teaching the in-person workshops, it just kind of snowballed into people from all over the world and others states reaching out and saying, I can't come Nashville's too far away. I don't have that weekend free. Like there's always a reason. And then it just kind of snowballed into, okay, I need to create a a way to create workshops that are accessible to my audience. So I'm sure you've had people on your podcast say the riches are in the niches um, Mm -hmm. and people like to niche down. Sketchnoting is probably the most niche thing I can ever think of. It's a very small community. I wouldn't think there's more than, I don't know, 10,000 people in the world doing it just because it's so random and kind of hidden and creative. And so if you think that all of those people are your audience, they're Mm -hmm. not going to be in the United States. They're going to be worldwide. And so I can't just create a little local workshop and hope that people just come to me. I need to be more accessible to everybody. So at the end of the day, it's like, I need to be an online business. I need to be an online trainer. I need to have YouTube videos and not um, podcasts because it's a visual thing. Mm. I need to um, start with the basics. I found out from teaching workshops that there were a couple humps that people had to get over to even start sketchnoting. And so I started teaching classes like specifically to drawing because drawing was a huge barrier for people to get started and you don't have to be an artist to be a sketch noter. So just learning and adapting over time. And so doing the freelance client work on one side and then doing the sketch note Academy on the other, I'd say it's still probably 60, 70% client work and 20, 30% sketch note Academy, but it works for me right now. I really enjoy it. And it's kind of grown to the point where I can manage my schedule based on what the needs are at the time. So do I have a huge client project? Great. I'll focus all on that. And then, oh, I have a workshop this week. I'll focus on that this time. So because I have both businesses, I can kind of schedule my time however I need to. I love that flexibility of it. And you mentioned the riches are in the niches. Did you know immediately that you wanted to do the sketch note piece or did you even have to like niche down even more from a previous idea? I kind of discovered it by accident. I had created a whiteboard video for a friend when I had lived in Texas before I moved to Nashville. And then I just, someone said, Hey, have you heard of sketchnoting? It's really similar to this video you did. And it just kind of snowballed from there. So I never planned on niching down like that, but it turned out that it was a really good melding or marriage of all of my personal passions and skills. I have a designer's brain, so I like to lay pages out and I'm a creative. So I like using colors and I'm 
illustrator. So I love drawing and it's just sketchnoting is all of the things that I like to do. And it just so happened to be a niche that I can be an expert in and even make money from. That's incredible. How did you decide then when it came to starting that business in terms of like getting it up online? I think that is the other hurdle that some of my listeners (laughs) that I always, right? Like we have this idea and now, especially given what happened in 2020, I mean, still around too with with the pandemic and whatnot, we were really kind of forced to go online in areas that could transfer to online. Where did you even start? Right. There's so many software tools out there. There There's so many different things, ways to go about it. How did you get started? I didn't really know what to do. So I tried pretty much everything. I would sign up for free trials of Thinkific or Teachable, even my own WordPress site and creating a course that way and just trial and error and like, okay, how can I do this? That's actually going to be not easy, but you know, less time consuming. And I, this was probably a three-year period from the first time I tried some online course platform solution to finding something and then running with it. So started on Teachable And I had a free course, which was kind of meh and it sat for like two years and I was just really unhappy with the tool. And it was, I wasn't making any money because it was a free course to, you know, like create this funnel so I could get email subscribers to sell Mm -hmm. to them when I was ready, but I wasn't ready. So I actually ended up switching to Podia. It's kind of a more all-in-one platform. They've got community features. They have online courses. You can do downloads. And so once I switched over to Podia, it was like I was off to the races. I moved over my free course and then I started a paid course and then I had another paid course and then I uploaded a PDF and then it just has kind of built from there. So now I do a live monthly workshop every month. I have self-paced online courses. I have a community and it's really interesting how the tool can make or break a difference. Like, I don't know if there's a right tool for everybody out there, but at the same time, I've seen how a tool really was a barrier to me making progress and how switching Mm. tools just made me so much more successful. Yeah. I mean, my audience, if depending upon how, how long my audience has been tuning in, they've definitely heard me talk about Podia and Podia has been a big partner for a lot of different things that we've done. And I equally find the software to be pretty straightforward and easy to navigate. I think that is one of the, sometimes before we get into the online space and we think about funnels, we think about opt-ins, we think about all these different things that we could do. That's one piece of the puzzle. And then the other part is what software am I going to use? And that can be a really challenging barrier if we, if we let it. And that's the one thing that I love about Podia is they keep it super simple. And then also even just in the, I think I started using them in 20, 2016, 2017, maybe. And all the the upgrades that they've made are absolutely incredible. There's so many. Yeah. And they like, they like listen to their audience and, and their, their community, which is great. So I think that's awesome. And we're going to include your website in the show notes as well, because I think it's a really great opportunity for people to see what they can build with an all-in-one platform that it's really simple, really easy, really straightforward. And it can be the website that people go to actually, and just a little detour. I With one of my one-on-one clients, she started offering, like she was doing courses and group coaching, but she started out on Facebook. And then in November, I built out her entire like Podia site and now she has it to live on and everything. And it it just satisfies all those things. So anyway, all that to say, if you guys want to check out Podia, just go to podia.com. You can check it out there as well. When it comes to managing the businesses that you run, how do you, do you have some sort of rhythm or ritual or routine to your days 
to help you get into the flow of work? Or how do you find your, your rhythm and routine every day? It's actually kind of like what I said earlier. Like I used to try and plan stuff out. There's all these articles like this is what successful entrepreneurs do in the morning. Wake up at 4 a.m., have an ice bath, have a bullet coffee or whatever it's called. And yeah, it's like I tried to follow a strict regimen that was scheduled and it's just not for me. And so usually what I do is I'll wake up between five and six naturally because I'm an early bird. I go to bed early. I'll wake up between five and six and then I'll wake up, come out to our living room and just kind of sit for a while. I might read the Bible. I might just sit there and zone out or meditate or pray, or just think about the things that I need to do today. And then I will come to work and look at my calendar because I don't say my calendar runs my life, but I put my life on my calendar. Mm. It's if there's something important coming up, I will schedule it. It doesn't have to be work-related. It could be personal. It could be just something that I need to do in life, but if I don't put it on the calendar, it won't happen. And so I just really thrive on deadlines and visually seeing something. And so I know there's all these really great software tools out there for project management and work management, and I've tried them all and they just, it's not my thing. And so what I have is a paper calendar. That's a weekly view. And then I have a monthly view calendar behind me that I put the big deadlines on. And then I have a system where I put a daily post-it note on my computer. And there are usually no more than four things on the daily post-it note. After so long of doing a business, you just figure out what you can and can't do in a day. And I feel like my limit is four things. Mm. So in the morning I'll come sit at my desk and write down my four things on my post-it notes, stick it on my computer. And that's my target for the day. It's always visual. It's right in front of me. And then I have my weekly view on my desk and then my monthly view behind me. So it's very archaic. It's chaotic. It's not digital, but it works. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that the last bit I think is the most important is that it works. And oftentimes, sometimes I fall victim to this trap is like, I think I need a new planner or I need a different system. And it's like, we don't need a new planner. We just need to find something that works and sticks with it. Right. Like it's not, it's just finding that one thing and like being okay with it. And sometimes our brains find I think that the routine can get boring. So we want to find ways to make it less boring and therefore we'll go out and create things or like find reasons that we need to find a different way to plan or do something. So yeah, I just think that's really interesting. What surprised you the most? I mean, now that this podcast is kind of towards the end of the year, what surprised you the most in 2021? I think what surprised me the most was how supportive people can be, not just as a society, like, hey, last year sucked. Let's like be kind to each other and give each other grace and forgive each other for late to a meeting or forgot about something. That's been really great to see humanity like step forward and be like, hey, yeah, it's hard. We're all trying really hard out here. But also with my own community, I've done a lot of surveying. I've done a lot of asking for advice and help. Like, hey, I'm here to create courses and resources for you. What do you want to learn? And just having people so willing to reach back out and sometimes write paragraphs of their ideas. Like, this is what I want from you. And it's so nice and refreshing to see that people are willing to tell you exactly what they want if you just ask. Yeah, that's always that's also a good reminder of sometimes we think about our audience and we try to think of all the ideas that we think that our audience wants when it's just easier to be like, what do you want? (laughs) What would you like from me? (laughs) What was maybe the biggest business learning experience in 2021? How have Um, you grown as a business owner this year? 
I would say learning to let go more every year. So I think it was probably two or three years ago now I've outsourced bookkeeping, taxes, invoicing, all of that. It was just something easy that I could offload to someone who's a professional and would do a better job at it. So that was a really great thing. I know it wasn't this year, but it was recent. And as I'm practicing more business things, it's like, oh, this could be something that I offload eventually. I just need to write the SOP so that someone else can take this and run with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of thinking as more of a leader instead of like, I have to do it all and having control, creating systems that are repeatable, that aren't all me. And then mm-hmm. also just planning more, like I, I don't create like concrete plans, but I create like ideas of things I want to do in the future instead of just constantly lo- living in the minute. I am starting to plan a little bit like, okay, I'm noticing these trends because of these trends, I'm going to do this in the future or all of my survey feedback points to this one issue. That means I need to address it soon. So just learning to listen, I think is what it boils down to is humbling myself to realize that I don't have all the ideas or all the answers and listening to other people that are wiser than me. Now, the next question on the other end, what are you looking forward to the most in 2022? And what's a big goal that you have? I think my biggest goal is kind of shifting the balance needle on client work versus Sketchnote Academy. I'm really excited about the things that are happening with Sketchnote Academy. It grew a ton this year, more than any other year. And I'm just really excited about maintaining that growth and excitement and reaching more people. So I'm excited to do new courses. I'm excited to keep the community going, maybe even break into coaching and doing more small group or one-on-one teaching. There's just so much opportunity out in the world. And it's like, when you start seeing those doors open, it's just really exciting. I even, when I first came on your website, I was like, I want to do this because sometimes, you know, I have no passion or or not passion. I have no desire to get paid for it, but it's a great opportunity and way to be creative. That's a different modality than maybe other ways to be creative. I love it. A couple questions for you as we wind down, what's been one of the most influential books could be business. It could be not business that you've read. There's a book I read a couple years ago called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. So it's a faith-based book. However, even if you ignore that part, I think it's really applicable to everyday life in the 21st century. It's all about our lives are so busy and full of hurry. And there are steps you can take to slow down, live intentionally and be more in the moment and present with reality instead of just constantly doing whatever's next. Love it. What is the number one software tool that you recommend people use in their business? Podia, hands down. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And then if someone could spend a hundred dollars or less on something in their business, invest in something in their business, what would you tell them to go purchase? Oh man, I would say post-it notes because I live every day on post-it notes and that leaves approximately $95 left. <laughs> so I would say, man, all the things that I think are really valuable are more than a hundred dollars. That's a hard question. Well, a month of Podia. There you go. Okay. There we go. Yes. Which you could probably depending upon which package you do, you could get your post-it notes, Podia and still have leftover for that as well. Yeah. Go get a latte. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Go get some caffeine. Amazing. Well, this has been fantastic. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. Anything else that you want to share with my audience before we wrap up today? No, just, I believe in everybody has the potential to make the leap and create their own business. And I'm excited for all the great things that the world is going to have because you're in it. Amazing. And I guess I do have one last question. Where can my listeners connect with you and find out more information about you and what you have going on? 
yeah, you can look me up at Emily A. Mills on Instagram is probably the best way to connect with me personally. And if you want to check out what sketchnoting is and see it rather than just listen to what it is, um, sketchnoteacademy.com. Beautiful. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Until next time, keep doing it your way. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head on over to shedidaherway.com where you can access the entire vault of She Did It Her Way podcast episodes. And you can also access free trainings and resources all about how to make the ultimate leap from your nine to five. And if you enjoyed today's podcast episode, I would be so grateful if you headed on over to iTunes and left a review letting me know what you love about the She Did It Her Way podcast. Until next time, keep doing it your way.